yeah, yeah. Soon as my feet touch the floor today, one mission. Welcome to the Leader Growth Podcast. I'm David Skidmore. This is a podcast to help you overcome challenges and experience transformation as a leader. And before we get into today's episode, I want to tell you about Modern Leadership. It is an eight-month leadership track, including a full digital library. You're going to love it. It's going to help leadership become simple and clear for you in the modern era. We're taking on subjects like the digital transformation talking about D, E, and I, and a lot more that's very relevant for you at this time as a leader. Go find out more about modern leadership today, leadergrowth.us. That's leadergrowth.us. A lot of leaders are looking to build a community, whether that's online or with the people that they already serve. They are focused on how they can build a community, how they can build a place where people want to show up and be part of it. And that's why I brought on today's guest, Mike Hearn, the official host of the This Is Oklahoma podcast. In today's conversation, we get into the background of how Mike built the This Is Oklahoma podcast, the This Is Oklahoma Instagram, and everything else connected to it. Mike Hearn is a real estate expert a golf enthusiast, and he has built the This Is Oklahoma podcast to over 440 episodes and an Instagram following of over 67,000 people. When it comes to building an online community, few in this state have done it as well as Mike Hearn. In this episode, Mike is sharing some tips on how he is able to draw out great stories from others and how leaders can use some of these tools to build a great community. If you want to hear from Mike, you can also check him out this year at TEDx Oklahoma City this September 9th. Tickets are available at TEDxOklahomaCity.com. Well, I'm excited to share this conversation with Mike Hearn with you. But first, the song Hustle from our friend, JB. Well, Mike Hearn, thanks for joining us today on the Leader Growth Podcast. It is great to have you here today, my friend. Pleasure to be here. It's been a while. It has been a while. Uh, I think we had coffee a few months ago and uh, got to sit down with you on the This Is Oklahoma podcast a couple of years ago, right as a global pandemic had just started. Yeah, we did not see that coming, did we? Yeah, yeah we didn't see that at all. So yeah. <laughs> we kind of thought it was going to be a... Uh, a short blizzard, and little did we know we were sitting in for a long winter uh, that has still have some of those impacts to this day. So uh, one of the things that I love about leaders is that leaders define reality. Mm-hmm. I think it's fascinating that a guy from Wales came to Oklahoma, started a podcast, and established essentially this is Oklahoma. I'm curious, like, where did this idea come from? I mean... It's yeah, it is. It is weird, isn't it? And I get a lot of comments saying that, like, you know, people see podcasts or they watch them that they've never, they don't know me, and they're like, "Who's this rando from Wales? Yeah. Like, why does he have an accent? <laughs> like, what's going on?" But it started. Uh, I got into real estate after I graduated university, and um, I had a good couple of years, and then I had a terrible year because I did never learned how to sell. I didn't. I didn't like yeah. making phone calls. Didn't like knocking on doors. As personable as I am, like I didn't really like. I don't know, I just had that anxiety of meeting mm-hmm. people and getting told no. Um, 
so I watched too many Gary V videos, like some other, <laughs> you know, many people. Yeah. Um, and he said, you know, make a community and, and kind of build a community around something you love and, and do that. So initially I was like, how can I do it around Oklahoma City? And then thought, well, why not? Let's go statewide. My real estate license is statewide. Let's yeah. build a community. So it started on Instagram as a community of just sharing people's pictures. And I saw another page called Only in Oklahoma mm -hmm. and um, looked them up. And they're a giant media company. They have an Only in every single state. Wow. And they posted like two or three times a day. I'm like, I'm going to copy their model. I'm on the ground. I can post within 30 seconds if somebody uploads a cool photo or something happens yeah. or we get a storm or whatever. So I just started posting like 10, 15 photos a day, resharing po resharing posts, giving the photographers credit, and it just kind of grew from there. So as I watched this page grow, I think, how can I do more? How can I tell mm -hmm. more stories and meet more people? And that's yeah. Initially, that was through doing short videos, like going to a restaurant, going to Pie Junkie and saying, hey, can I taste test some pie? Whatever. So Please. That yes. is maybe the most brilliant podcast yes, you've done. Right? Is, can, can I just taste can pie I just at taste Pie Junkie? Stuff, yeah. right? So it was more video content. The idea was I put myself on camera to just like yeah. introduce what I was going to do. Yeah. And I sucked. Like it was so bad. The guy who was like my friend from university was like videoing it and he's like, okay, like I'm going to write something. It's going to be right behind the camera. Like I want you to read this. And I, I have so much appreciation for people who read the news now. Cause like I, I couldn't do that. It's so, incredible. Like it, it's like, what, yeah. was it scrolling in? Basically. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, oh, I, 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 I'm rather, you know, I'm rather just like have a conversation. And he looks at me and he goes, do you listen to podcasts? I was like, well, yeah. He goes, I think you should do a podcast instead of video. Wow. He's like, we have all the equipment, like go out and record five episodes and we'll help you set up and then, you know, put you on your feet and then you can run from there. Yeah. So after that, I, I hit the road, did five interviews, one with, with Todd. Todd was one of the first ones from oh, wow. EOTE. Yeah. And I sat with Todd and, and kind of realized that it's not about my cheesy real estate ad at the start mm -hmm. of a podcast. It's about telling stories and, and yeah. the people in those stories. And I hadn't, didn't have confidence in my real estate ability at the time to put a cheesy real estate ad at the start of this amazing story of this person who I've asked to spend an hour with me. Yeah. So from then, from day one of the podcast, I never put a real estate ad on it. Wow. And I'm so glad I didn't, right? Because it's just become this thing now and, and there's a need for it. And Oklahoma really didn't have a podcast like it. And I saw that opportunity and just ran with it. And like as a product of me doing so many podcasts mm. and meeting so many people my real estate business has gone up anyway without even yeah. saying, hi, my name's Mike Hearn. I'm a real estate agent, you know, at the start of every podcast. So people start bringing things up to me now. Who have you had on the podcast? And then the conversation goes to, they bring up real estate rather than me saying, yeah. you know, hey, I haven't seen you in six months. Market's going up. Rates are going up. Like, do you want to sell your house? And that, you know, nobody wants to just be like, they want you to be genuine, right? They want right. you to come over and say, hey, how are you? Like, how's things? Let's have a coffee, whatever. The last thing they want to be asked is, is for you t to take something from them, right? You don't want to need something. And yeah. I, my friendships have gone, you know, increased tremendously. And now I can have better conversations because I'm practicing it pretty much every day on the podcast. So that's, that's basically, the, that's kind of like the, the, the origin story of it was, you know, it's a way to build a database and it just became its own thing. Wow. So yeah, for you, Four or five years later, I think Four or five years later. Okay, so yeah. uh, I think maybe we had just gotten connected through Les Thomas, and then mm -hmm. I had met you as, as well through Todd Vincent. Shout out, Eote. Uh, if you're yeah. watching this, you see our Ends of the Earth Coffee Company cup right here. Love Todd Vincent and what, what they're doing. Uh, quick ad for him. Go buy some Eote. <laughs> so uh, when, when we're talking about stories, I think one of the things that's fascinating is how you approach people. Mm -hmm. I 
I think within storytelling, uh, people are always kind of looking for like, how do I draw it out? So when you're approaching a story, what are the things that you're looking for? Uh, I, I'm probably a little different than most. I mm. think, um, you know, I generally don't like to do too much research on the person I'm interviewing because yeah. I want the conversation to be as genuine as possible. Yeah. And the times that I have done a lot of research, I don't ask really good questions because I already know the answers to them. And that's kind of worked against me. And that's a skill that I need to get better at because as I go on and as I progress mm -hmm. and as I interview people who are generally interviewed, you know, a lot of times, you know, if I go interview the governor, for example, or if I interview a mm -hmm. sports star like a Westbrook one day or a movie star, whatever, they've been interviewed thousands of times. I want yeah. to find something that's different. Mm -hmm. Then I've got to dive into their story and figure something out. Right. But generally I go into it, you know, I'll, I'll, out of respect for the guest, I'll look up a little bit about them to get mm -hmm. the general gist of it. And then we'll just have a conversation as if I've just met you and I want to figure out who you are, what you do and why you do it. And the why you do it part is the main part, right? It's yeah. figuring out, you know, when someone, when you avenue through someone's life, there's little points along their story that, that is, you know, a fork in the road that, okay, well, why did you go this route? Mm. Oh, this is because of this. And because my mum growing up was in the air force or because of, you know, there's something that makes it that they might even never thought of, which is kind of cool. Like I did a podcast yesterday with a guy who whose dad was in the Air Force and he wanted to go into the Air Force, but um, he chose to go to Oklahoma State and then he ends up going to work for a business and becomes CEO of that business and travels all around the world through that business. Wow. And I put two and two together. It's like, you want to go in the Air Force to travel the world, but through hard work and becoming CEO of this business, you've ended up traveling the world. Yeah. And he's just like, never thought of that. <laughs> yeah. Right? So it's, those are the really kind of cool things to pull out of people's stories, to tell the stories that, you know, you can't read from a bio. Right. So, so that, that's interesting to me because like a lot of times people can even sometimes over-prepare reading through, mm -hmm. uh, Greg McCown's book, uh, effortless. He said that a lot of the worst moments that he's had, uh, in his professional life was when he over-prepared mm -hmm. and he actually tracked it back to that. So one of the, one of the keys in drawing out stories isn't preparing too much, but it's actually going in and truly wanting authentic connection. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So when you're approaching that side with, with somebody, um, what are some of the things that, that you might ask from the beginning when you're sitting down with somebody to draw out their story? Yeah. From, and you, you probably get this too with people mm -hmm. who sometimes you interview someone who hasn't been interviewed very often, but they've right. got a really cool story. They're generally introverted, but it takes like five to 10 minutes to get them comfortable. Mm -hmm. So you just start asking them about them, their family, what yeah. gets them ticking. And then, you know, if they start talking about their wife and their kids and they light up, you're like, okay, like you can visibly see that their yeah. eyes, are, their eyes have lit up, they're comfortable. And they just kind of dive deeper into that. And sometimes, you know, you're listening to someone talk and, and they kind of just brush over something, mm -hmm. you know, like, that we all know is a huge deal. Yeah. And I just circle back to it. I'm like, I know you just mentioned this, like, let's talk about it. Like why talk about, you know, the process and, and cause yeah. that's what makes them tick. Right. And for generally most people, they don't think most people find it interesting, but mm -hmm. they really do. Yeah. So when you ask them to talk about the process of setting up an event, calling celebrities to get people in, setting up music and this whole, you know, and just the volunteers and whatever it is, if mm -hmm. you can give someone an opportunity to talk about themselves, but also the impact that other people have had, you yeah. know, the kind of, a lot of people we interview, it's not I, it's we, isn't it? Mm -hmm. So when they can give back, they light up and you just, you just keep kind of asking the why, why is a great question, right? Yeah. Why this, why that? Like you can ask why a thousand times and, and get different answers. So it just keeps going. Mm. 
part of what I, I like that you're saying here is there, there's often something someone is sharing that we could fly by. Yeah. Do you find that that's often like a point of conflict, either something that they've had to engage with consistently that they're, as you said, there's a process around it or that it's something that they've reduced to this is just every day and it's normal, but it wouldn't be interesting. Yeah. I think it depends on the context, Mm -hmm. right? There's sometimes that they brush over things and you know that they don't want to talk about that. Um, and they brushed over it for a reason, but there's other times where, I think that comes from doing a little bit of research, right? Mm-hmm. They talk about an event and a recent guest had um, put an event on to have the U.S. Olympic Festival here in like the 90s. And he just kind of brushed over it. It was like, yeah, it was cool. Like, mm-hmm. well, yeah, it was cool. It's a huge deal. Like you had yeah. Vince Gill, you had Kristen Chan with you. Like, how do you get those people? What are they like when they get here? Yeah. Who takes care of those people when they're here? And, and so that was kind of, you, you know, you dive into that side of it, but it's all context. That's one thing that I think you just develop over time. You know, when, if we look at the episodes we've done when we started out and yeah. to what we do now, you know, it's like, whoa, like I, I, you know, it's visually and audibly different. Right? Yeah. The difference. And we, you know, <laughs> yes. we come across more confident and less kind of rigid, but it's just the context of it. You've got to read the body language and yeah. see how that person is reacting to it. Cause there's times where, they give you kind of like the cold shoulder and you're like, okay, next question. I'll edit this part out, you know, and it just keeps moving on. But, and I've had that a couple of times. Um, but you know, it's, it's finding, finding that one thing that they love to talk about, uh, and just kind of diving deeper into that because, you know, the audience knowing as a, as a host, you know, the audience is going to find this fascinating, mm-hmm. especially if it's to do with leadership, right? Cause yeah. a lot of people in leadership, they think this stuff is normal to mm-hmm. them because they're used to doing it. They have a process, right. but to us, you know, we don't know these 10, 12, 15 different steps, right. And the intricacies in those steps. Yeah. And, and there's so much nuance in those leadership tactics, you know, it, one, one rule doesn't fit everybody because right. everybody's different. So that, yeah, the leadership side of things definitely would be a lot of context. And I mean, that's where the art of it is, right. That's like the gray area that makes us love what we do. So one of the things I I like that you're saying is, you know, sometimes when people have a process, especially leaders, Mm -hmm. sometimes they put their process over a person instead of allowing the person's natural nature to just come out through an organic conversation. Mm -hmm. Uh, So one question that I have is uh, for you, we talk about this and and Mike, I, I think as far as our state goes, you're one of the leaders of our state. Mm-hmm. Because you're shaping how we see ourselves as a state. Right. I mean, people are connected to this, whether it's on pictures, on, on Instagram, whether it's through, mm-hmm. through that storytelling, uh, whether it's through a podcast, uh, even so much that now the Oklahoma Hall of Fame is uh, an advertiser on This Is Oklahoma. What have you discovered about Mike in the process? Uh, well, that's a great question. Um yeah, I, I don't. I really, I don't know. Uh, I, I mean, some of the things I struggle with would be that, like, that imposter syndrome sometimes, yeah. right? Because people come to me and they're like, "I've listened to your podcast, like, I love what you do," and I'm like, back home, I'm like, "Yeah, but I have like all these other things I need to take mm-hmm. care of." You know, it, it, it's like that Instagram life, right? People right. see you on Instagram, like, "Wow, you know, you you drive these cool cars because you work for a dealership and and you do other stuff, and your life must be amazing." And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah but like." 
you know, like my stomach hurts right now because I've eaten too bad. Oh, you know, they're just little things. You <laughs> yeah. just like nobody knows. Right. So you learn a lot about yourself. I learned that I was not good at scheduling. Mm-hmm. So I learned that that's like, and I'm still not good at it, but you know, there's times where even today, you know, I posted a podcast yesterday and I'm editing the video part of it this morning because I've got to get a reel out like ASAP. Yeah. <laughs> so there's parts of me that like, you know, you learn that thing, that stuff. But a lot of things I've learned is, is I'm much more com- confident, much more comfortable meeting people for the first time. I'm much more confident mm. going up to people and being put in a room full of people. I have no right in being, you know, in the room. I, I have no right in being in that room. You know, there's, there's, you know, businessmen, really kind of powerful people, men, women, you know, and it might not be a, a monetary thing that they're mm-hmm. powerful with, but they are people of impact, you yeah. know, in the community or in the state or even in the country. And I've noticed that if I double down on just being myself mm-hmm. and not being kind of uptight and worrying about walking on eggshells yeah. and kind of annoying yeah. somebody, if I'm just myself and I crack the jokes I would if I'm with my mates, um, Sometimes maybe not, depending on who they are. <laughs> but, you know, if I'm myself, then it makes them a lot more comfortable mm-hmm. rather than, you know, it's kind of like when you meet someone for the first time who's either a celebrity or they're an idol of you mm-hmm. and you walk up and you're like, oh my gosh, like, I love yeah. you. Can I take a picture? Yeah. And they're just like, Ugh, like, yeah. really? And rather than going up and saying, man, I'd love what you do and, and you know, really appreciate everything you've done and, and, you know, keep doing it. would love to have you on the podcast one day. And, you know, it's a softer sell, right? Or a softer totally. kind of connection, but it's just being comfortable in your own skin and, and kind of embracing my difference, right? My biggest asset is the fact that I'm not from here. I'm from a country, it's a very small country and I have an accent. Yeah. You know, like that's, and I'm realizing that that is my superpower, I guess. Yeah. Let's talk so, about that. What's the process of you coming to understand that that's your superpower? Mm-hmm. Um, originally it wasn't. Originally, like back to real estate, yeah. I was making cold calls and people were like, click you sound like you're from out of state well you know or maybe or, even further yeah exactly they <laughs> yeah. were like you, you know where are you calling from and i'm like well i'm calling from bethany right now and they're like why do you have a 405 number i'm like because i live here I'm yeah like, well why do you have an accent I'm like because i can't and i like i had yeah. so many phone calls like that i was like i'm not doing this ever again like this mm-hmm. is miserable you know and finding something you actually enjoy doing like yeah. why am i gonna put myself through that um so i just kind of realized that you know, I think after, and I had kind of insecurity about starting a podcast about Oklahoma when I'm not mm-hmm. from here. And, you know, I, like I said, still kind of get comments about it today, but I think I just realized that I've been here for so long. I still have my accent. Yeah. You know, it's not as thick as it was once was, but you know, we gotta, we gotta take advantage of, of the gifts that we're given, mm-hmm. right. Of the differences that we have, because that's what makes us unique. Yeah. And by, you know, and, and if I'm remembered as the Welsh guy and nobody remembers that my name's Mike, then that's fine with me. You know, yeah. it's just like this, they're going to remember me. Um, you know, we probably know the same guy who has a scar on his face. Everyone remembers him cause he's got a scar on his face mm. and he uses that as a superpower. You know, it might be that, um, major Ed Polito doesn't have a leg, you know, cause he got blown off in, in yeah. Afghanistan. Like he uses that as a superpower. So it's figuring out something that makes us unique, doubling down on that and embracing mm-hmm. it and not being, not being worried about it. Right. Why do you want to be the same as everybody else? Yeah. You don't, you know, why do you want to fit in? So you when, when you first came here, did you have a lot of people say, I'm sorry, Mike, I can't understand what you're saying. Oh, every day. Yeah. Do you still have that? Oh yeah. The okay. other one, the other day, Oh, I, I went to Arizona a couple of weeks ago on Southwest and I lady's like, what would you have to drink? And I said, water. And she's just like, it was a 6am flight. So it was early, but she's like, 
what? And I was just like, W-A-T. She's like, oh, water. I was like, yeah, water. And the girl next to me is like losing it. She's like, I understood you. I was like, yeah. well, thanks. The other one is water and lettuce. So the two ones that get people. One more time, water and? Lettuce. Let- lettuce. Yeah. <laughs> so I get, like I could really like turn the accent on, but yeah. we, you know, we'd travel with the golf team and drive into the middle of nowhere in Arkansas and we'd always stop at a subway because it's at a gas station and the lady... I mean, poor lady, I'd always just kind of mess with them. Cause I go, yes. you know, a Subway sandwich with lettuce. And they're like, what? I'm like, lettuce. No idea. <laughs> so funny. But yeah, I get asked it all the time, like to say th- to different things. And um, it's funny to me now. Like, yeah. I, I you know now I have fun with it. And I find so it. it's, it, it's one of those things that when you first showed up, it, it could be a point of disengagement, mm-hmm. which a, a point of disengagement at any level can be perceived yeah. as a sign of weakness or this is, but, but often your weakness is actually when you flip it, that is right. what ends up being your superpower. For sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so leaning into, uh, leaning into this idea, I'm thinking about leaders. Uh, a lot of leaders are focused on bottom line. And we're focused, and especially after the past couple of years where there's been so much to carry in the process, you know, what could happen though, if leaders began to truly connect with their team members and draw out their stories? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, you're going to empower your workforce, right? Mm. Like you're, you're giving them ownership in, in a certain way and it's figuring yeah. out um, what they like to do. And, and a recent guest said the same thing. He said, you know, every, we have a meeting every two weeks and it's a thrive meeting. And they asked every employee, what are you not working on that you want to work on? Yeah. Right? Like, what do you want to do here? Cause if you're not working on something that you don't want to work on, then we need to find something to keep you happy and make you want yeah. to come to work every day. And I, I kind of resonated with me cause it's the same, you know, it's the same concept, right? You just want to figure out you know, we all, we all say, or we all heard the quote that, you know, you find something you love doing and you feel like you've never worked or mm-hmm. whatever that quote is. Um, I never thought I'd be doing podcasting, but I figured out, I found, you know, I fell in love with it and yeah. doubled down on it. And now, you know, four years later we have that. So it's finding out that, you know, just taking full advantage of, of something, but to empower people, you know, it's, you've got to care, right? Mm-hmm. You've got to actually, you know, want to hear their, their yeah. ideas. And sometimes they may come to you and their idea is not going to happen because they're, yeah. you know, they're, they're off the wall a little bit, but you know, but they're on their path somewhere and it's you as a leader then have the goal to channel and, and the ability to channel that vision of what they want to do and figure it out, you know, and that's kind of where that leadership skill comes in, but you've got to care, you know, if you don't yeah. care, then they're just a number, right? They're just employee right. number six or employee number seven. And then you're probably going to have a lot of turnover and your business will probably fail. Wow. So it's, I think it just comes down to being a human being and caring Cause that's going to help you moving forward regardless of, you know, yeah, we've all got to make money yeah and you know, with inflation or whatever, everyone's making less. Right. Yeah. Um, but it, yeah, if you start caring and then, you know, everyone starts rowing in the right direction, moving mm-hmm. together, then generally it should work. So one of the things that I learned about you a couple of years ago when we first sat down and, and talked is that you like to push yourself in some really unique ways. I mean, you've done ultra marathons, mm-hmm. Uh, you have the the background of being a golfer. Uh, you've 
probably what what else have you been involved in that, oh, that that's pushed you uh yeah probably the running and the, i mean the the golf is like a mental thing right I yeah mean, i mean anybody who plays golf knows that it's more of a mental thing than a physical <laughs> thing uh but yeah the running i've done a little bit of cycling but nothing in the endurance world yet uh plan to when i have more time but running is kind of like the cheapest and easiest way Right. You said a little bit of running. I mean, you're doing ultra marathons. I know, but I've done like I, I don't do them every week, right? I've done <laughs> I've done enough to know that like I don't want to do them every day. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Okay. Uh, but I think it, and I'm not, you know, golf. I'm a golfer, right? Golfers generally aren't runners. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, I, I'm not really into the CrossFit space either. My I, my younger brother loves CrossFit, and he's yeah. like, you need to come with me and do a workout. I'm like, I'm good. I'd rather go like run ten miles, which says yeah. a lot about me not wanting to lift weights, right? But I think I just found something that I wanted to figure out, you know, how far you can go. Right. And, and mm. we've all heard the stories and then the, the social media, you know, influencers or fitness guys out there that, you know, when they, you know, was it, was it Goggins that said you only, you, is it 40% rule or whatever? Like when you think you're done, you're only 40% the way there. Wow. And I was like, I want to figure that out. Right. You know, and you read these stories and, and, and listen to these podcasts and you're just like, I want to know what it's like to, mm-hmm. to get to that. I mean, if that's six miles in of a 10 mile run, then, yeah. then I've got there. If that's 24 miles into a 31 mile race, then, then I've got there. But, uh, it happened the first time I tried to get into a cycle race and didn't get in. Mm-hmm. So I did a run instead and I hadn't ran, I'd run a couple of half marathons, but I'd never ran a full marathon and I did a 31 mile race in yeah. Stillwater, which is 50 kilometers. And I did a little bit of training for it, but okay. I wasn't fully trained and the goal was just to finish. But you know, you're, I got eight miles to go and like my goal was to finish it under a certain time and eight miles in, I have eight miles to go. And I'm like, yeah, I can run like eight miles and then, you know, in an eight or nine minute miles. And I'm like spent at this point. I was so right. mentally delirious that like I was running <laughs> 11s and I was like, yeah, I can sprint to finish for eight miles. There's no no way. problem. But it's just the conversations you have with yourself, right? You yeah. go to such a dark place and it's funny to, to relate to people who've been to these places. Cause you just laugh because the conversations you have with yourself, you probably never have with anyone else ever. And yeah. you say things to yourself that nobody else should hear. <laughs> right. But it's just knowing that like, okay, I'm, you know, I'm 23 miles into a 31 mile race and I've got, you know, eight or nine miles to go. And, and like, I feel like I can't walk right now, mm. but you just keep moving one. Cause you, cause no one else is bringing you home and you have to, yeah. but the other, because like, just, just keep going and see what happens. And when you finish, you feel like, Oh, I can do, I can do this now. I can do another one. Um, you know, but I had, a, I had, did a race, this year it's in the same race it snowed mm-hmm. and i really kind of hadn't trained as much as i should have and i uh i got like there's eight stations every five miles so i get to mile 20 mm-hmm. oh like calves are burning i had no energy in my calves i didn't even have enough energy to wipe like the mud off my shoes and i t- wow. sat down and i got cold and just a moment of weakness a car pulled up and was like anyone want to go back to town i was like yeah take me i'm done and I, I regret it so much. Like it's, it's, you know, knowing that like you failed, right. Knowing yeah. that like, I knew, I know I can run another 10, walk another 10 miles. I could keep going, but yeah. And it's funny because the, the time I finished that, the first time I finished that race, nobody took any photos of me on the course. Mm-hmm. When I failed, I had like six of the best photos of me running, you know, <laughs> that I've ever had right in the snow. It looks badass, whatever it is. Like, yeah. No. Yeah. And I have one printed and I look at it every day. I'm like, it's on my office wall. And everyone's like, oh, it's a great photo of you running in the snow. No idea what it really, people don't know what it really means. But it means something. People don't know what it means to me. Because for me, it's like, yeah, it's a great photo. But it's the time I failed. And it reminds me never to give up. Right. So it's just on my office wall that people think, oh my gosh, you did a run in the snow. How was that? I'm like, well, yeah, it was, you know, and then I tell them. 
But yeah, it's just a reminder every day that like, even though you're freezing cold and you're having a bad day or you've had a bad phone call or whatever it is, like just keep going. Yeah. You know, it's going to, something's going to happen. And oh, that could be good. in business, could be in real estate. I mean, the real estate market's uncertain right now. That could be in business. You know, I mean, the, the financial market's going down at the moment. It could be any, anything, yeah. fitness, sports, whatever. I mean, if you give up, then, then that's a certainty that you are done. But if you don't give up, then you never know what's around the next corner. So, so as we're taping this, how many episodes in on This Is Oklahoma? I think 431 that are out right now. Which is kind of an ultra marathon as Which far is, as yeah. podcasting the goal goes. Is, the goal is 10,000. Yeah. 10,000 episodes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So it's like a lifetime, basically. I mean, I roughly do 100. 100 Almost like an two eighth a week. Of, yeah, so 104. Oh, my goodness. So I have a long Almost did bad, bad math. Yeah. Anyway, um, so let's... Looking at that, one mm-hmm. of the questions that, that I have had as you're, as you've grown as a podcaster, as you've grown in, in telling stories in your process, because I know this about mm-hmm. you is you work on your craft, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. How have you approached your craft as a podcaster and grown in that? Yeah. The things nobody would, would know about. Uh, little things like, you know, I, I've interviewed a couple of kind of elderly gentlemen and women recently and noticing that you know when you have a conversation and there's an awkward pause mm-hmm. it's not an awkward pause they're thinking and it's a couple of times in the past i've interrupted that and i've interrupted them they're in the middle of making a great point and i think they're done and they're not so it's just you know and it's easy to edit out pauses right you know right. if we're sitting down having a conversation and no one's going to know that you know so learning that has been a big one for me recently learning to be more patient, learning to mm-hmm. listen a lot more. Listening is the key, right? When, when you sit down, you interview somebody, you're trying to figure out nuances and little things that they've said so you can ask the next question. We're always figuring out what the next question is going to be, which people don't really get that. Um, you know, we're not looking at a sheet of paper that says, okay, right. next question is this, you know, and that's a podcast that I hate is because you're just listening to someone read questions and it's not, it doesn't flow. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's figuring out you know, how the guest likes to articulate things mm-hmm. and how they say it. And if they take a long pause, know that that's not an awkward silence that I'm waiting. They're waiting on me to keep the conversation going. They're just thinking. So that's a recent one that I've noticed. The others is just, again, being comfortable, you know, coming in, chatting to them, having a conversation before we even start recording. And I tell every guest, um, you know, if, if this, if you hate the whole thing, like you're going to review it before it goes live. If you hate the whole thing, we'll do it again. And we've done two or three redos. Really? Yeah. 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 Redos. Um, I won't tell you who they are. <laughs> we've done two or three redos. Uh, and the second time they were much better because that person's more, com- more comfortable, more confident. Mm-hmm. They know the process. Sometimes they've never been interviewed before and they, they kind of tense up and they get yeah. nervous, um, which is never good. Cause you want to ask, you want them to be comfortable and ask whatever. And that's why I tell them like day one, you, you know, you have all the editorial control to try and make them comfortable to know that, okay, this isn't live. This is, yeah. I'm not going to be held on record for this, you know, and, and especially when you're interviewing some high profile people, they want their team to review it first before mm-hmm. they put it out. Cause if they're in the spotlight and they say something that's someone, you know, clips a bit of the podcast is taken out of context. I mean, their life could be ruined, you know, right. their, their, their business could be ruined. And as kind of, as much as I hate cancel culture, it's the sad thing about it is people, you know, someone who's looking for them to put a foot, to you know put a footstep wrong they'll jump on that yeah so my 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 whole goal is to protect them as much as possible and figure out and to tell their story in a way that 
they are happy with it. Mm. Um, you know, I, I haven't interviewed anyone yet that I think is a bad human being, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not, <laughs> I don't think they're going to, I mean, I don't know if they're going to ever want to be interviewed, but, um, you know, that's, that would be another challenge too, right? To interview someone who's done some bad things and they want to like talk about it and I guess ask for forgiveness or whatever. I haven't got to that yet, but yeah, as an interviewer, you want to interview all kinds of people, don't you? So it'd be just a challenge. It is a challenge to take where they are and even articulate mm -hmm. your next question. And the, the other thing, like, like you just said, yeah. to be actively listening and, but also know like the conversation does have to move forward at some point. And I do have right. to ask something that hopefully is going to engage the mm -hmm. listener in a way that is going to make them say, you know, this is something that, that I want to continue forward. in. so let, let, let's take that because you, you've worked on your own craft mm -hmm. and you work on your craft way more than anybody knows. I believe it shows up in how you do podcasts because mm -hmm. you're amazing at it. But one question that, that I do have is, you know, for, for leaders who are wanting to connect with people. And honestly, Mike, I wish leaders when they were having conversations with their team members every week, I wish that it was a podcast mm -hmm. because podcasts have a different kind of energy and both people get yeah. really like locked in on it as, right. as you know, like it's, it, it just carries something different. But for leaders who are trying to draw, draw out their people's stories mm -hmm. and trying to champion that on their team. And we're not just a, you know, a, a business towards the bottom line, but we're actually uh, a living, breathing organism full mm -hmm. of individuals and we want to honor and champion that. How do they go about, like what's an action step that they can grow in yeah. to become better at drawing out people's stories? I think, uh, I mean, I, I'm not going to say that I said caring earlier, but I'll, I'll go a little deeper on that. I think just, you know, talking about what gets people to tick, right. And that could be mm -hmm. family. That could be sports. That could be, they like to leave early on a Tuesday afternoon because they want to go and race down in the wheel of crit. That's every Tuesday, you know, in the spring or whatever, like it's, it's figuring out. And I think they want to be seen too, mm -hmm. right? Like they never want to come to work and just punch the clock. And like, my boss hates me. He never sees the work that I put in. Yeah. So it's a lot of just little kind of touches here and there, like asking a question, you know, I mean, simple. It's like, what coffee do you like? Right. Yeah. If you're, if you're in work, it's a Monday and it's miserable outside and you've got someone yelling at you down the phone, your boss walks in with a, you know, like a caramel latte or something and you never asked for it. Like, all right. Yeah. That helps little things. Like, I mean, little stuff, things leave a note somewhere, like whatever it is. Like, and mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be in front of the whole office. Right. You can just do little things around, you know, I mean, and that goes for, I mean, you can do that for you, in your relationship, right? Like with your wife or with your husband or yeah. family or kids, just leave little, little notes to say, hey, yeah. you're crushing it. I see it. I see you. Yeah. Like, you know, or, you know, I know that some other people might not see you, but like, I, I know you're putting in good work. I appreciate it. I mean, like even when I was in university, we used to get a, a handwritten letter from our professor every year. Wow. And I just like looked forward to that. Every, and, and, you know, towards the end, you knew it was coming, right? But the first time mm -hmm. I got it, I was like, I mean, I suck at this guy's class. Yeah. Like, I'm, at the, yeah. I'm at the back. Like, you know, it's in like business and accounting and I don't, I'm never going to use this ever again. Yeah. And I don't care. And he's super monotone. And, but you get that. And he's like, no, like, and, and what was interesting was kind of like, he, he noticed that I was kind of playing pretty good at that time mm. in the golf. And he just kind of little, little research, you know, called up my golf coach basically and said, yeah, how's Mike doing? And then you know, he writes it in the note and I'm like, how does this guy know? You know, it's easy wow, to figure yeah. that out, right? It takes five minutes to make a phone call, but just little things like that. I think mm -hmm. it's, you know, and it does go back to caring, but it's, it's caring in the right way, right? Mm -hmm. It's not just, 
you know, the cliche thing is, yeah, we got cereal in our break room, right? Yeah. You know, like we have candy in our break room. Well, great, but you know, you can go buy candy anywhere. You yeah. know, no one's coming over to you, you know, but if so, if your boss comes over to you or you're, you know, the guy that you look up to, or the girl you look, look up to mm-hmm. comes over to you with like your favorite candy that yeah. nobody knows about. And it might, might be from a recent trip that they took yeah. to the UK or they took around the world. It's like, Hey, mm. this, I know you like this. I know you appreciate this bottle of wine, bottle of whiskey, whatever yeah. it is. It's something that goes a little deeper than, right. You know, Hey, here's a little bonus cause you're doing great. Or, right. or, you know, everyone at the team meeting is crushing it. Like, keep it up. Like, yeah. That's just a general statement, right? That's like opening up the leadership book and saying, <laughs> okay, today I'm going to tell them that they're doing a great mm-hmm. job and pat them on the back. Like, yes. So it's just going a little bit further. And, and I think then by doing that, they're going to open up to you, tell you about them. You know, you, you know, when, when you, when you make someone comfortable around you, they tell you things that they, mm-hmm. they generally wouldn't tell anybody else. Uh, and then you dive deeper and you just kind of always, you know, it's not something they're not going to open up straight away. It's just yeah. a, quite a long process. Yeah. But, you know, they become part of your team, right? Yeah. And and they invest in it. And, you know, the, I think that you don't hear of many people who have been at businesses for 30, 40 mm. years anymore, right? It's like, right. Oh, I'm going to do three years here and I'm going to hop around. And, you know, there's very few businesses where you spend a lifetime at because they love it. Yeah. The older generation, they're still doing it because because of that exact reason. They found a place they love to work at. I think that's a lost art in today's world. So, if you want to generate, you know, mm. great employees, great leaders, it's being around them and showing them that regardless of the the bottom line, regardless of you know, like the amount of sales, yeah, that's yeah. important. But how are you as a person? How are you doing? How can we help out? You know, do you need to show up 15 minutes late every day because you've got to take your kid to school? Like, just simple stuff like that. You know, it's 15 minutes, right? Rather than someone walking in 15 minutes late every morning and you're like, why is she, like, what is going on? Why yeah. is he or she walking in? You know, something must be wrong and then scalding them for it. Mm. So, so many little ways, but, you know, you just slowly figure it out. Everyone's different, yeah. so it's not... And then I, I would keep tabs on people, right? Like, I think we probably do this. Everybody in our phone, we, we have notes mm. for them, right? We know what their parent's name is. You know what their kid's name is. And when you meet that person, you just pull up their contact. And you're like, okay, this kid's name is John, right? His yeah. kid's like love soccer or whatever. Yeah. Hey, man, how's John doing? How's football? How's soccer games going? I'm like, you know about my son? Like, it's, it's easy. We just don't do it. It's, so It's easy, simple steps. So yeah. draw out who they are mm-hmm. and then let them experience let them know that you notice the details which in turn earns more trust Mm -hmm. so that you can actually draw out more of who they are and ultimately champion that person uh, to be an incredible asset to your team but also that your team becomes an incredible asset to their life as well yeah yeah Yeah. i 100 percent agree and it's i mean we've seen many cases we know many cases where it's worked so yeah just people need to be re you know they you need to reinforce it right yes it's like the whole diet thing. Yeah, if you diet, you'll be you'll you'll be in great shape. But you need to be told that a thousand times. It's stepping back <laughs> into the simple because there's so much noise exactly. in the world. Well, yeah. Mike, thanks for coming by. Uh, thanks for sitting it with us and pouring into the leader growth community. I appreciate it. Appreciate you having me. Thanks, man. All right. Well, that wraps up today's conversation with Mike Hearn on how to build a community. Hey, if you haven't done so yet, would you rate this podcast? Would you review it? Would you subscribe to it? And would you share it with someone that it can help? I'm looking forward to being back here next week as I share what it looks like to live for love with joy as a leader. That's right. Next week, we're talking for love with joy. The reason 
I'm releasing my book next Tuesday, August 2nd. Can't wait to see you here. Till then, love hard, live full, and lead strong. Better with success, I got dues to pay All good things, they come to those who wait Yeah, what I left behind from trying to be great Ain't no secret to success if you ain't working If you ain't down to hustle, then you don't deserve it If it came easy, probably go fast